Hello and welcome back to the biggest week of the DP World Tour picks and bets. Skylar Hoke here, Tom Jacobs. How are we feeling? It's good. It's good to be at this tournament. Um, I, I will sort of precursor with a little bit of, I'm a little bit apprehensive of whether negativity will take over in terms of the tournament a little bit, um, in the sense that we've got you know 18 guys from the other tour coming in or 17 guys coming in, and it feels like that's going to dominate some headlines. Uh, I hope it doesn't because I think this is a, you know, we've got the best of both. From a pure betting perspective, from a pure golf enjoyment perspective, this is a really strong field, a really enjoyable field, um, and it's been well supported for all the reasons. So um, I think it, it's got the opportunity to be a really good event. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we're sitting here Tuesday afternoon recording a day later. Thank you uh, all for still your support. Labor Day yesterday in the States. Um, so we're recording Tuesday afternoon, and we have heard some spicy comments all around. Um, mainly today's news is based off of Billy Horschel's comments this morning. Um, John Rahm also commenting how these players should not be allowed into the biggest event that the, the DP World Tour has. Uh, I believe we have 18 live golfers teeing it up this week. Um, some comments I've seen as well, like Richard Manzel, upset he's not in the field. Not upset, but... Um, stating that he's disappointed to not be in the field, which seems odd when you see a golfer of his standings, um, 46 on the alternate list. Even if the 18 live golfers weren't here, he would probably not be teeing it up still without an exemption. So there might be a bigger crisis to look at when it comes to um, kind of priority rankings. But what there was um, meetings with Pelly yesterday, right, or conversations with, with Pelly from Lee Westwood, Poulter, um, a lot of things flowing. It's going to get uh, pretty spicy this week. It's going to get. I haven't actually seen Billy Horschel. What did Billy Horschel say? Um, he pretty much said there shouldn't be golfers like Taylor Gooch. Um, he said Jason Kokrak, which was funny since Jason's not even here um, <laughs> today. And Abraham answer was he's like he just like kind of singled out those golfers as, as they should not you know be allowed. Pretty Wait, much. Um, I, I do kind of get that because, like, they're players that never would have played in this event, whereas at least the guys like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and, and, and such yes. would have played anyway, wouldn't they? So um, That was his thing. He's like, they've never supported the DP World Tour before. So right. why why show up now when you've never, never teed it up? So because so, you're getting a few of them. Yeah, the way I saw, saw it was that like, they were all just kind of showing the United front and they're all going to kind of, you know, take advantage of the world ranking points and stuff like that. But it's... It's a messy situation. It's one that I just hope, I mean, I, I've kind of decided to stop talking about it on Twitter in terms of live versus other calls, uh, tours and stuff like that. Um, and to be honest, like, I haven't really been paying too much attention to it. You know, I saw that obviously DJ and Cameron Smith were heavily involved, but like, I haven't I haven't really been watching it. So um, we had a really good tournament on the DP World Tour last week. One of our, one of our favourites, obviously, uh, one in Oliver Wilson. Um, which is a great story, right? And and one that, you know, should be celebrated. And and, and it was, and it was really nice to see. We've had some, you know, comments from Kirida Kakibamra, who's in the field this week, who, who you know, got some nice reception on Twitter after sort of sharing his thoughts of, of being a bit lonely on the PGA Tour. And I think that's the, the biggest thing I've heard from like players in the past that I've spoken to, that like the camaraderie between the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour is very, very different. Like the PGA Tour is very not selfish but like people are just doing their own thing and that's i think based on the fact that there's a lot of americans and a lot of people that can sort of stay at home and not have to you know share houses and things like that whereas on the dp world tour you kind of have to mix in so i think there's a lot of logistical things that aren't necessarily anybody's fault um 
I wonder what's going to come out of those conversations uh, with Keith Pelly. I don't imagine much because I don't necessarily trust Keith Pelly to do anything. Um, tough one, really, really tough one. I think I think they had this. I don't think this, we've said this before. I don't think the strategic alliance has worked out very well for the DP World Tour, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we should just jump to the other side either. So, lot, lots to unpack. Um, but I, I would rather Sky just focus on the tournament we've got in front of us um, and just enjoy it because at the end of the day, it's a loaded field with a, a really good golf course. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. There, you could spend hours on every angle possible, um, and we potentially might not get to see this combination of golfers outside of majors and, and maybe not even, right. we don't know yet. So yeah. um, they're, you know, from a talent perspective, there definitely are, you know, live, live golfers that are, are making this field quite elevated. You can see it on the odds board. Um, and, but no, I, I do want to say congratulations to, to your boy last week. You've been riding hard for, for Ollie. So for him to win, like he did, I mean, that was, um, it didn't feel, and I wasn't as, as dialed in with the holiday weekend, but didn't feel as much of a, a DP World Tour Sunday as we've gotten in the past. Guys charged, guys made moves, held strong, um, made some made some uh, you know clutch holes to finish out. I mean, we almost saw you win Ferguson, win two and three starts. Um, you know, we we saw. I thought Heli Kilda uh, was really there in the mix. I thought Nicholas Norgard Mahler was going to be in the mix till he shot yeah. ten on his last hole on Friday. Um, but that is one of my favorite tournaments all year. I do really like Hammerland. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good tournament. And, and to your point, I would say when you were saying, like, I don't think anyone really kind of threw it away. I think Hilly Kilda was probably the one that would be potentially disappointed in what he did Sunday. Like he, he yeah. was pretty disappointing. Um, I mean, he still shot 68. Like it wasn't like a, a terrible yeah. event. It's only one worse than Oliver Wilson. It felt like he could have done better. Um, you and Ferguson couldn't really have done much else. Like he shot 500 in the final round and had already shot a 63 on the open day and lost. Um, and Oliver Wilson, yes, he made those big putts, you know, 65-footer and 67-footer, whatever, but he'd missed a bunch of four or five-footers as well. So I think ultimately probably the right person won in the end, although those on Ewan Ferguson would potentially disagree. Um, but we had some, you know, some of the guys that we kind of pointed out, Christian Crow Johansson, I was glad he didn't win. Uh, yeah, place. Uh, I was also glad that Ross McGowan didn't win after tipping at 350 to one last week as well. Um, but I think you kind of mentioned Matthew Southgate. We talked about Laporta coming back to form as well. So I think that, uh, Von Dellinghausen, I sort of said that I thought he could come yeah. back and didn't necessarily know why, and he did. So um, I think we Tom Lewis was there after, you know, we've been sort of yeah. talking about him for a couple of weeks. So I think overall, like, we had a really good, really good beat on it without really having a, much of a chance of winning. So um, overall, I thought it was a good event, good one to watch, and good one for us to uh, take some stock from. Yeah, Krug Johansson uh, getting into the field this week, too. That one probably would have stung the worst because that was the one we discussed it. The yeah. number was probably correct. Um, but one of the first times we've laid off a golfer like that um, and for him to be the best of any of them um, for, so far this season um, showed nails um, on the weekend. You know, realistically, a, a lot of good golf being played. But, yeah, let's switch over. Let's get get into the BMW PGA Championship. For those that might be hopping over, uh, for one of the first times, I might have done it last week. This is the premier um, event for the DP World Tour. As you can see by the field, uh, we're going to be at Wentworth Club, uh, which has been hosting this event for as long as you know it's, it's really been around. And it's, I guess, I would say the Players Championship of what you know the PGA Tour hosts, where this yeah. is um, you know the the premier event. Um, so, from a course perspective, how would you break down what what's ahead of us this week? 
Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, you know, very heavily tree-lined and, and it is tough. Like, I think that you look at the scores and you look at 19 under, 19 under, 20 under, 17 under over the last four years, and I think that's a, a real nod towards just how good these are at golf. When you go back to 21 under for Benny Ann in 2015, like, there is some proper, like, danger out there. Like, there's, you know, some tight holes. There's, you know, it's going to be a little bit softer this week, so I think that's going to help. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think just ultimately it rewards those guys that have those strong irons. I don't think you can come into this event off your game. I think one of the things it does do is it brings everybody in. Like I think I think it allows shorter hitters, longer hitters, great scramblers, great drivers. I think ultimately what it is, Sky, is that like if you're in form, you can take advantage of this golf course. And we you look at that through the past and. You know, Laurie Cantor was second here last year, probably should have won. Uh, he was obviously in great form, didn't win. You look at Tyrrell Hatter beating Vince Perez, two guys in good form. Danny Willett beating John Rahm. Again, these are these are premier players, really, uh, for the most part. Francesco Molinari, 2018, I mean, what a year he had that year, goes and wins this tournament over Rory McIlroy. Like, you, you just see from the players and who they do. Chris Wood won in 2016, I think. That was the year that he was in the Ryder Cup. It might have been two years after he was in the Ryder Cup. I can't remember now. I think he was was that the Hazel team one that he was in? So he was fifty to one that week. I mean, he was coming in right before him. He had a really good finish the year before too. Yeah. So I believe sixteen would have been Hazel team, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so like, you know, ultimately it does seem to reward those that are in good form. I mean, we've seen people like Simon Khan losing a playoff. We've we've seen Simon Khan win in twenty ten. Like there are of course specialists, but I think ultimately, you know, you have to go back to kind of like two thousand and four where it was Scott Drummond for a time where you'd get a really surprising winner. So it does reward the elites, does reward those in good form. Um, and I think ultimately I would probably focus on irons more than anything else. Yeah. One of my favorite wins of all time is, is Ben Ann winning here in 2015. Just when you go through um, kind of the list, I mean, it was a runaway to, I believe he won by six that year over Jimenez and, and uh, uh, JD. Um, so I think if I had to classify, I mean, to your point, I mean, you know, irons, but if I look at some of the golfers that have played, I mean, Horschel, uh, kind of core specialist winning last year, Molinari, Ben Ann, just kind of golfers like that. I mean, you know, even Hatton in a sense. I mean, it is a a fairway green ball striking type of attack. One you can't truthfully overpower in the way um, a lot of courses have been. So no. to, I think it absolutely brings everybody uh, with a chance from a skill set. But if I had to really um, tailor make it for a for any type of player, somebody who is, you know, above accurate with their driving and then really strong at hitting greens. And of course, yeah, you do have to score. Um, one of the best finishes I would say on tour that you get, cause it's back to back par fives. Um, Re- so really you have fun. those. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So you get to have those, um, courses and then, um, or that finish to the course. And it just brings so much into play, um, from that standpoint. Yeah, and I just think I, I think ultimately you do get the right winner overall. Like you could argue Effie Barmrat should have won last year. You could argue Laurie Cantor should have won. But at the end of the day, Billy Horschel then stuck his third shot to within a few feet and rolled in that birdie yep. putt to win on the final hole. Like, yes, people people can melt down here. Like there is there is so much I wouldn't say so much trouble, but it, it, it's such a visually demanding golf course in the sense that I feel like you can stand up on the tee and be a little bit worried about it. Like I've walked around it and sometimes you think like, this is a really tough shot. And then sometimes you watch them hit shots and you think, where are they going with that? Um, and then they sort of get the ball in. So I think ultimately it's a, it's a real scorer's paradise. Like scrambling is going to be important. I always kind of think of like, I thought like John Catlin and, and Aaron Ryan, people like that would do well here, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to sort of later on. But like they don't necessarily, uh, it's a tough one because I, I wonder whether, you can overcome bad course form here as long as you've got good course history in the sense that you've played it a lot or played it a few times. Like if, if you've played it once or twice and, you, and you've played it well, then fine. 
if you're in really good form, which we're going to come on to a couple of players, then fine. If you've played it five or six times and never really eclipsed kind of like 30th, 20th, but you're in good form, I think it's a course that you can take advantage of. So I wouldn't necessarily get too caught up in, in bad course figures. Yeah, I, I think that's completely fair. Um, you know, we haven't seen what was Ben Ann was his debutante. We haven't seen a winner um, in their first performance in a little bit of time. Um, so I think that is interesting when we talked about some of the live golfers that we come to. But yeah, man, it's just our, our biggest week of the year, realistically. Um, you know, and that was rewarded with DraftKings as well. They yep. did come through. We now have $50,000 to first place um, in the pitch and putt this week on the DP World Tour. And then also um, there's another contest, Signature Hole, that has $20,000 in the first place. Last year's winter winner excuse me, was our friend Axis in that contest last year. He played Billy Horseshoe, I think, at 2% last year in the contest which is um, wild so, right because he'd finished fourth on debut as well that that seems yeah. like a really, you know smart play from from brian there and I'm, I'm glad that we get to revel in a success of his yes absolutely so um without further ado um i'll always ask and remind you to give us support um on you know our youtube page you can find us mayo media network there on youtube give us a like a subscribe always in the comments we appreciate that and then we also available available on all audio platforms. Um, so you can find that daily fantasy sports picks and bets, the mix. Um, so rate review, subscribe five stars goes a really long way to continue support of the show. And like I said, this is kind of our, our, our big week. So hopefully we can come through and a listener can, can win big here for us and we can get some outrights. Um, but, uh, if we didn't dive into the odds board and I guess we can kind of go hand in hand with DraftKings too, as right. that clear standalone, I guess, three i would say when we get to the odds boards i think these guys kind of separate but of course rory mcelroy six to one the longest as you kind of john rom eight to one and i'll loop in fitzy fitzy 11 to yep. one kind of all falls into that same mix there and of course the three most expensive actually no um a little little bit of lower price on fitz if you i guess included another golfer shane lowry would fall into there with those four being the clear priced high up DraftKings players. Um, who's your pick there of the litter? Or would you go contrarian again? Because I think people might overlook Horschel once again. So I, I'm going with Horschel. I'm, I'm all in on Horschel in terms of betting, in terms of DFS. Again, hopefully, I don't think we're going to get 2% again right, but I think that we will get low ownership because everyone wants to play Roy, everyone wants to play John Rahm, everyone wants to play Lowry and Fitzpatrick, and for good reason, right? Like, I yeah. think... Rory is the epitome of what we've kind of just said about the golf course, that like it rewards good form and not necessarily um, something you can just follow on, on course history. Because you look at uh, his finishes here, he's, he's got a win, he's got a second and he's got a fifth and a ninth. But he's also got three missed cuts, a 24th and a 48th, which you wouldn't necessarily see out of someone like Rory McIlroy um, on other courses as well. So I think on a course where his driving could get him into trouble, um, do, do you think Sky, and I know we don't talk about this too much, but do you think he's going to be so distracted by what's going on and, and get himself so worked up that that can affect it? I guess you're trying too hard to judge into the psychology of someone that we know nothing about. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's won the two biggest opportunities on the PGA Tour when the distractions were the highest. Yeah. So I do feel of golfers, he's quite motivated. And I guess that is... I mean, I think that's the conversation with it all is if you can correctly identify the mental state and how it affects certain golfers, um, are the live golfers super motivated to really plant a flag at, at this kind of type of event? I, I also think that too, you know, so yeah. I guess 
I'm trying not to overthink it in that manner uh, because that, that, I could see it playing positive or at least uh, motivating for both both sides. Right, and that's what I said that like I just want to treat it as an event because ultimately if you try and dive into those, one of them's going to offset the other. And and like you say, like Rory has performed really well under pressure, and it almost frustrates me that he doesn't do that week to week because you're like, well, if you if you can play with your back up against the wall like that, then you probably should do it more often. And he has done it this year, to be fair. Like he's been, you know, from a strokes gain total point of view, like really, really good. So um I would say of the bunch, I'd probably be the weariest about John Rahm. And only because, I mean, he's, he's shown a little bit of life recently and he's got a second here on his debut and not played it otherwise. But I just, I think he's the type that can run himself into trouble around his golf course, get frustrated very quickly um, and, and lose it. So Shane Lowry, very safe, plays here all the time, generally finishes top 20 every year, um, has, of course, finished second to Rory McIlroy, I think it was. Um, the year that he finished second and really should have won. Uh, he, he was he was in great form that day. Um, so I think he's probably the safest. I mean, he hasn't finished outside the top 17 in his last five starts at Wentworth. So I would say he's the safest. Fitz, I, I really don't know. I really don't know what to do with Fitz. I think that, like, one of those things where, like, he's he. this is the first time I feel like he's a completely different golfer since at Wentworth. Like, I think he's elevated his game once more. Uh, never missed the cut here never finish worse than 47th, but also never finish higher than 7th. So is there a ceiling to what he can do around his golf course? I don't think so. I think he could probably win it uh, very easily. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I had to pick one, it would be Billy Horschel, followed probably by Rory McIlroy. Yeah, I would... I have much more interest in Fitz, I think. Um, yeah. Mainly kind of the price. I mean, he's $10,200 um, when I think he's the clear third best golfer in the field for me when you look yeah. at Rory Rahm I think Fitzy is way closer to those guys than what Shane Lowry has played um this year so you're getting a heavy discount um on Fitzy and can if he can drive it as accurate as he has with that distance like it's it's him and Rory you know like it is um and in 2020 huge... like he was the 36 hole leader like yeah he shot 67 65 right and then shot 76 on Saturday so if you believe that Fitz doesn't do that anymore, which I think is probably a reasonable assessment, I don't think he does blow it as much anymore. Uh, I don't yeah. think he ever really did on the DP World Tour. That, that was a probably a pretty big surprise on that 76 on that Saturday. Um, and you're talking about a bit of added length for the first time since he's come back here. Um, whilst we, we don't think that is necessarily the most important thing, it's, it's only a bonus. Correct, correct. Yep, yeah. but I, I definitely have – it was it was very difficult for me to not bet Horschel this week. I think it just kind of came down to a little bit of a number, and and really because the other number that I thought stood out on the board was for Victor Hovland. You know, Victor yeah. Hovland, you could get him – I mean, we're doing this on Tuesday, so the numbers have shifted, but he was 25-1 to 1 yesterday in some spots here stateside. Even at the 20-1 to 1 number, it just feels – even though, I mean – I guess until the Open Championship, Victor really didn't have much to his name on the stretch run of golf this summer. It just feels that he deserves to be in a different class and and, and those odds. Um, and if he his driving is just so good, you know, it's just so so good from uh, a total driving standpoint. He is way more accurate than many golfers of the distance that he has. We know he can get lights out with the irons. He has flashed them a little bit toward championship with some good irons for him. Just hasn't really put it all together outside of the first 54 holes of the Open Championship. Does the short game worry us? Of course um, it does. But but 
if if short game has to play a factor this week, you aren't you aren't contending. So you do have to pepper these greens here to really give yourself a shot. I mean, you have to save some, of course, but um, I think twenty to one, and especially on DraftKings, and you'll probably end up pulling in a decent bit of ownership where the 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 Horschel pivot would probably make even more sense there but ninety six hundred dollars for victor hovland um I, I really like that and then at 20 to 1 um he is where i'm starting my card too so i think if you'd have asked me this last year like talent alone victor hovland and billy horschel shouldn't be the same price right it's just it, yeah. it just seems to be that horschel because horschel never stands out from a statistical point of view he just seems to he has what i sort of class has just been as get it done like he gets in the mix yeah. and, and does it right and and i think this is one where i've as i've sort of said in recent shows i kind of steered away from course form a little bit and tried not to factor that too much in yeah but it just seems so like unavoidable for me with horschel like four from first like and yes. both both times he's shot two rounds of 65 so it just seems like a really yeah. comfortable golf course for him something about the eye such as i he has a really good time he has all the west ham footballers there on the program stuff like that so um just for this course, I, I do give him the edge over Hovland. Um, but Hovland's been fine. He shot, he, he finished 11th on his debut in 2019 yep. and 49th last year. So there's no reason to think he can't cope with the course. It just depends if he's got those four rounds in him. Yep, yep. I, I, and I agree. I think you can. They, they've priced it in, you know, in regards to some of the course history when potentially you could have, you could have gotten the numbers on Billy last year if you were willing to take the plunge before other people felt comfortable. Right. Now, yeah. where... I think DraftKings gets very interesting and kind of there's a bunch of golfers in the, in the next range here of it is it's presented itself in the majors already. And it probably will remain the same this week too, is you don't know how to class form when it comes to playing live golf. Does, does Taylor Gooch continuing to be top 10 in, in accuracy and greens and regulation and in his finishes and then showing out through 36 holes of the open championship and, and being there like, is he deserving of the price? Is he in that type of form? Cause I would think he would be a good golfer for, for, for this style of course, the way he plays. Mm-hmm. I think if people are going to jump around, if they're going to go to Hatton, if they're going to go to Fleetwood, because they've seen the history here, they know what they're doing. If they're going to go up and play Victor, like I think Gooch in the nine could be a spectacular DraftKings play because you just don't know what these guys are, are, are in and if there's that motivation factor. But if I just think as a pure golfer, I think there's a lot in Gooch. And we said this at the Open Championship. I mean, he was 150s, 200s at the Open yeah. Championship. It was some deep numbers. Um, so he really stands out for maybe a DraftKings play. But I really think if I had to make one golfer picture perfect for Wentworth Club, who would I say from a skill set fits it unbelievably? I'm not sure there's more golfer in the world than Abraham Answer. Like I, I realistically think from he, he is such a good driver and it really comes from being one of the most accurate golfers in the entire world. He flushes the irons. He comes out top tens, the open championship, or maybe it was 11th. Does really, really well at the Open Championship. Has been fine in the Live Golf events. He was okay this past week. I don't, I don't need any excellence out of that. But man, if I had to. And he stayed out of the headlines too. He's not one of these guys who's been chirping or saying he made a business decision. He has stepped back and hasn't said really one thing the entire time. Um, so I think of golfers that I am really, really interested in the Live side. I think that Abraham Answer far and away is my favorite selection there. $8,700. And then I think he's as short as 37 to one now, but standalone, I think he is my favorite play on the board. 
Yeah, I think I think you make a lot of good points on Taylor Gooch. We've seen him play some really tough goal courses really well. Um, the only thing I would say about him, I, I don't know if he performs a little bit better when it's a bit more exposed, like a little bit more wind comes into it and things like that. Um, but I, I do think he's a great call. Like of the guys playing live in this field, like he's the guy I think you can hang your hat on and say um, he, he's playing good golf. Like I don't think you can deny it. Um, I think answer has been up and down, but again, he should have fun around 65 St. Andrews. He's obviously playing decent golf. I think you're going to get a real insight this week on who's playing well. But I don't, I don't think yeah. it's fair to say what they did at St. Andrews was um, a deciding factor on what kind of form they're in because it, it's a tough goal course. Links can be on the wrong side of the draw, et cetera. This is a, a perfectly good test for everybody. It gives everyone the same sort of um, test. And and I, I think I think it's a really good time for Anser and Gooch to step up. Now, is that going to please some people? Probably not. Um, I think you're right that Anser has stayed out of it. I think he's... There's certain players that people will, will accept it from and there's certain ones that don't, right? And and it's just as simple as that. Like, he came out very early and was just like, it's a business decision, sticking by it, never came out to anything else. Someone like Wacky Neiman, who two months ago said, he, I don't know where all these rumours are coming from, it's frustrating, and yeah. then joining, doesn't lend himself to, uh, to, to you know, support. One, one thing I would say is I guarantee, well, I don't guarantee because I'm not going to be there, but I would imagine... A lot of these fans seeing Gooch for the first time, seeing Answer for the first time, they're going to be well supported, I think. But I think there's a there's a lot of people that just don't get involved in the politics. Like we're in a probably a bit of an echo chamber in terms of, of Twitter that like I, th- I think Patrick Reed, for example, will be, will be pretty well followed. Like, are they going to get booed? Probably not. Like, I don't think we saw that much of it at the Open. We saw a bit for Ian Poulter, maybe, but Ian Poulter has always been a divisive character anyway. So I think that. I think he, to your point, I think Anser's probably the the, know, the safest player. He's the he's the one that fits the profile the most of the live guys. Yeah, yeah, I can agree that. I think there's a there's a big stretch there in the eight thousand dollar range. So Anser's eighty seven hundred, right below him Sergio, above him Patrick Reed. Now Patrick Reed, if you talked about Billy Horschel having the continued course comfort, I mean Reed is top five both his events here. Yeah. Could he be another DraftKings pivot if golfers? Or if, if players aren't going to jump on, you know, potentially under-owned guys, you don't really know with his live form. It has not been been quite good really at all. Um, Sergio's there. Brandon Grace, a winner of a live event, is there. Also played decent in the Open Championship. Lee Westwood missing out on a playoff by a stroke yesterday after, or when it was Sunday, on a absolutely abysmal bogey on the last hole. There was a great quote on shotgun start. I want to see if I can find it exactly here. Uh, maybe Lee, if he, if he listens to this, um, <laughs> will be, uh, you know, blocking us, but it was basically saying, you know, I've never heard. Okay. Yeah. The most legitimizing indicator yet, that this is not a meaningless hit and giggle, but rather some form of competition was a trademark Lee Westwood gag. Which happened on his last hole yesterday where he was in the middle of the fairway and he threw it right in the bunker when he needed birdie to win outright. And then he bogeys, misses the playoff. Um, So, which is kind of funny to me, but Lee has shown some form and some life in the events. He he had an opening round, what, 66, I think, in St. Andrews, top five. Um, He's priced up quite a bit. But if you're willing to take the risk on some of these golfers being in form, there are um, decent, you know, prices on them from DraftKings and probably an ownership discount too. Now, we each have selections from an outright standpoint um, in this range, too. Mine's a little bit higher than yours, so I'll go next. Um, the Corn Ferry Tour Finals was simultaneously happening, which I think the Corn Ferry Tour Finals and the, the ending stretch of the regular season is as good as it gets in all of golf. Like that, is, right. that, is, that is pressure. That is 
do or die, my job is on the line type of golf, which is so fun. And one of the golfers that delivered more than anybody in all of it was Dean Burmeister. Dean Burmeister with back or two out of three events finishing in the top five. He also made the cut in the second one. We saw golfers um, like Dietrich and Maddie Schmidt, who were also in this in this tournament. They they had performances early on enough that basically guaranteed themselves cards. And when they even it was like ninety five percent, both those guys were getting cards early. And they just melted the rest of the Corn Ferry Tour finals, like, which was kind of sad in the sense that they could have pushed and locked themselves up. So do you have a, a breath of relief when you lock up your card or do you keep pushing? And Dean Burmeister had an, an excellent week, 65 on Sunday this past week, hit every green in regulation. What really stood out to me for Dean is last week he was top 10 in accuracy along with greens and regulation. I don't think Dean seems to be the best course fit because he is more driven from a driver standpoint uh, when it comes you know, to his game versus just being lights out with the irons. But he has had two top uh, 12 performances. It was his first two events here um, at Wentworth. And he had a 30th last year where he showed a little bit of life. So I think that stretch of golf, now is it going to be a lot to um, come all the way from where they were playing in Indiana, get all the way along with, but he's got familiarity here. They'll figure it out, you know, but like if I had to say when we talked about Thriston Lawrence when he won another golfer who really stood out during that stretch run of the Open Championship, the Scottish, the Irish, Dean Burmeester was one of the best golfers. I am very interested in betting that sixty-six to one that is out there, and then DraftKings. I would say he is right there with answer as my favorite play on the week. Eighty-three hundred dollars for him, huge into Dean. Yeah, and I think one of the things. So there's two golfers, and I'll go into Dean Burmeester first as you sort of led on to him is that. In his debut, he finished ninth, like you said, and he and he closed with a 65. So it was really only a second round 76 that kind of put stop to his kind of chances. He opened with a 69, and was inside the top 15. Finishes 12th uh, the following year, opens with a 66 to be you know one back of the leader, um, and then closes with a 67 again, just having middling rounds, which I do think is a potential concern. Uh, then last year, he actually just shot four rounds of 70, which m- must be kind of mind numbing for a player. Um, the, re- the person I categorise him with is Thomas Peters. Um, and Thomas yeah. Peters is got the 27th, the 14th, 37th, 62nd, 9th against three missed cuts here. And and the reason I categorise them both together is, is the point you've already made. Like, their, their strengths are their driving, um, but, but they both have the capability to get one hot, um, hot irons and, and a hot putter as well. So I think the upside is there for both of them to shoot the lowest round of a day on any given day. I just wonder if they can put it four rounds together. So I think I was edging towards Burmeester at the two because of the slightly bigger outright price and, um, you know, and, and a slight discount on DraftKings anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think they're both worthy of a play in, in lineups. I don't think, you know, you should leave them out entirely. Um, it's just one ownership and two, whether you could, I think there is some volatility to both. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They can, both be in contention. They could both be be packed up Friday afternoon. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Peters pulls. Um, it's just, the eight Ks is just very intriguing to me overall. I'm not sure I have the ability. I, I don't think I'm really into Sergio um, on the week and Rose is probably priced up. But Sergio never played here before anyway. So like, yeah. he, I think he finished like 19th one year and played pretty well. It, it should be a really good Sergio Garcia course, right? I saw uh, Matt Vincenzo yeah. asked like, why he doesn't play it. He just doesn't like the event for whatever reason. I guess it's a little bit tough for him. He just gets fed up. I don't know. Uh, maybe just a little bit of like, I don't have to be there. So whatever type of thing. I, I'm not sure. There's three guys in here that I thought 
I could really put a line through, and that was um, Jordan Smith. I thought was, was yes, yep, really highly like priced. Um, I thought that uh, Sergio Garcia was worth putting a line through. And then it's just those two guys, I think, actually, in the 8Ks that are definitively out for me. Yeah, I think Smith would make a ton of sense, but he is definitely in a different category when it comes to price, unfortunately, um, because I could see him carrying over. But let's talk about the last golfer in the 8Ks. One, if you mentioned just straight course form, um, you know, one, his performance, I guess – it was no surprise when he won in Wentworth when he was having the one of the best years of golf we have really seen in a long time. Um, so to see Francesco Molinari for the first time since the Open Championship, that was the only question mark I had. But he had a good Open, um, and then you're on him this week at some pretty good numbers. Yeah, so I think I counted it's 13 times. I may have miscounted, but basically he missed the cut on debut, and then he's never missed a cut since. So his worst performance since then was 55th, but he's also had a first and a second in back-to-back years, uh, or second to a first. And then before that, he had four straight top tens. Last two starts here, 14th and 35th, either side of COVID when he didn't play. Um, and and to your point, like I I wouldn't have played him. Um, I, I would have definitely chalked him up as like this kind of is a course form trap if it wasn't for how well he played at the Open Championship. Like he... He was really good there. He finished 15th, shot rounds of 66 and 68 over the weekend. That was coming off two missed cuts of the US Open and the Scottish Open. Before that, 26th place at the Memorial Tournament, where he was fourth after 54 holes as well. So shot that final round of 78, which I think showed some of the rush, uh, rust that he has in contention. Um, but I think, you know, a really familiar course. I think one thing we, we've got to uh, maybe factor in is the fact that the Ryder Cup points start this week. And he's obviously going to be keen to, one, play himself into form for next week for the Italian Open, and two, play himself into form for that Ryder Cup standings uh, to play in Italy. Um, so I think there's, there's a, a lot on the line, and that can go one or two ways. It can it can stress him out and, and be a problem, or he can really run with it. And I think he's got a really good chance now with the, with the three events coming up. He's got Wentworth, Italian Open, and Dunhill Links to, to really get himself back in the mix. I've always felt that Molinari, after he started struggling, needed to get back over here. I know he made a big move uh, family-wise to California, but this is this is a chance for Molinari really to get back on track. We saw it like Henry Stenson last year. Like He was struggling for a long time on the PGA Tour and then went three or four events back-to-back where he played really well. And I think Molinari has the opportunity to do just that at AK. Yeah, prototypical. Fairway greens, as like Wentworth as it gets, as Molinari. Um, not, there was, he was as long as nineties over here in the States or not. Right. Um, yeah. and I didn't anticipate to have as much long shot interest as we kind of do overall. And, and that's where, um, I guess I'm a little worried when it is such talent at the top of the board. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you play for places, you play for, you know, the, the opportunity where these guys, even a, a place at 90 to one is, is, you know, bigger than, than a lot of guys uh, outright. So I'm um, definitely intrigued to see Molinari tee it back up this week. Um, when I keep going down the board, let's see if I pull into next golfer for me, where did they price him at this week? I think should he's I, decent should I get bit my down there. Next one in, in, in uh, first. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's yeah. higher than, than mine. Yep. Talk so, to win for us. Cause yes. he, he is to stand out too, I think. Like Ewan Ferguson, for me, like this is a guy that is basically being priced, and it's and it's been all weeks recently, uh, really, and, and even this week, he's being priced like he can't carry it on. Now he's won twice already. He was arguably unlucky to lose yesterday or two days ago on Sunday, 
which could have been his third win. And also, when you go back to Kenya earlier in the year, he was four shots clear going into Sunday. That's a true line golf course. Uh, we, we kind of think about you and Ferguson being, you know, potentially a, a better driver than anything else. Uh, maybe in that same category as, as Burmester and Peters, but you know his irons have been have been absolutely fine. I mean, he's been first tee screen in each of his in, you know three of his last four events. So like he's just playing incredibly well. Um, you know, top two tee to green uh, performance, first, first, and fifth in three of his last four starts in tee to green, and fifteenth, fifth, and second in strokes gain approach. So he's just got the ball on a string, and I'm just willing to see what happens. Like he hasn't played here before, so that's one potential negative. Um, but we, we've seen with Patrick Reeve, we've seen with Billy Horschel. I know they're probably better players, but like we have seen that the people that are in form can come here and play well. It is to start those Ryder Cup points. I think with all those kind of lift things going on, he's a guy that's going to be trying to get himself into that position. Um, and and he now needs to step up and, and contend in one of these events. Like That's the next step for him. Like Everyone sort of goes, I oh, need to play well in majors, needs to play well in WGCs. But this is the next natural step for him is, is to come and contend at Wentworth. And, and I think he's a great price to do so. I mean, what, what is he? He's 80 to 1, 90 to 1 in terms of the odds board and 7,600 on DraftKings. I imagine he's going to be fairly popular in his price range. Yeah, I'm wondering. Um, it's just a little odd. I guess not odd. It, it is a, a jam-packed range, I think is the best way to put yeah. it. Because I think a lot of people, if we go along with the course mantra we talked about, um, then Aaron Rye is going to pull a lot of interest. He's $7,500 yep. for Rye. Rye has flashed a little bit, okay. I'm seeing a lot of popularity for Robert McIntyre. Again, you and I have been a little sour to his prices. It's a, it's a better price this week. They've it is. given they they definitely make enough and he showed life a lot of life in Denmark from an iron standpoint. So he might be getting $7,800 there. Um, some interest. You get the former winner, um, Danny Willett, 7,900. So I don't know if Ferguson will end up getting as popular as he did um, or as he could be based off that. Yeah. It's a little bit, I want, I was trying to find um, as we're talking here, Matt Wallace's price, the year that he was winning all of those events. Now that's when the BMW used to be in May. So he only had one victory. The right. next year he went after his three wins. He was 28 to one at, at the BMW PGA. So it's, he's kind of having that Wallace type of year uh, where he's rattling off that the being in contention and having those wins. Um, now, those events also were probably a little bit stronger fields, you know, that, that year that, that, but he was very cut, miscut, bounced back to maybe have a top 20 and then win. So it's, it's a similar to that. And then Matt Wallace is right in this range too. Uh, disappointing yeah. cut last week um, after, you know, he had lost in the playoffs. So I don't know that range could get away. I think I actually think two golfers sandwiched around them. Also, I, I'm kind of intrigued on, on DraftKings. If we talk about, potentially high range of outcomes. I'm starting to think these golfers actually have incredibly similar games too. It's Lucas Herbert and Kurt Kitayama. Both of them, I truthfully think, and they have shown on first page of leaderboards and major championships. Like Kitayama did it on the early in the open championship. Herbert did it in the open championship. You know, Herbert's one big DP world tour events. Kitayama's contended in them. You know, winning twice. I think when you look at their statistical profiles, they're also really longer drivers of the golf ball. That's probably their best skill set outside of their short games. So if they can ever catch an iron week, I, I think 
7600 and $7,400 is very cheap for golfers who I think have as much upside as these guys in the middle of the eights. Now, their downside range of outcomes is incredibly, you know, you, you yeah, might yeah. wake up and they're toast. <clears throat> yeah. um, but you're getting bona fide PGA Tour players who had solid years that both finished inside the top 20 in the strongest event of the year in the BMW Championship on the state side. Um, yeah. So I think those guys are intriguing. Um, but I'm really going down deeper for next outright selection and, and kind of next golfer who I think is in the best ball striking form potentially of anybody in this entire field and it's Antoine Rosner. I mean, Rosner's game right now is a lot, a lot, a lot of irons and, you know, above average accuracy. His, his driving accuracy at the Omega was so good. He was 20% better than the field average that week. Um, incredibly strong. So if he could continue that up now, we know the putter is is the reason why. I mean, he he literally missed three six foot or less putts on Sunday when that would have got him into the playoff if not won the event. Yeah. Um, so that's a disappointing feeling. But man, to to have um, the the consistency that he has from a ball striking standpoint. Now, one performance here made the cut. Nothing promising, you know, uh, really from that one event. But to your point, could have he you know shaken off cobwebs? Got familiar with Wentworth. Um, I don't really, when we get into this range, I mean, he's 110 to one, he's $7,300 on DraftKings. Um, he has just shown a form of consistency. Even if the putters, he's losing strokes to the field and finishing inside the top, you know, 15 in, in four out of his last seven events. Like to do that, it, it's, it's a lot to say with this ball striking. So I, I think Rosner um, is one of my, my favorite selections too of the week. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly circle back to, to Willett. Uh, in the sense that yeah. I think I think he's a really good play. Uh, I think you know we've, we've seen some life from him. Um, there's a lot of crossover between Crown Sergio and Wentworth. He's he's been one of them, winning both of them. Um, and he shot 64-66 over the weekend there, and actually went 67-64-66 to finish after a of 70. So really strong performance there. And I think we see with Willett sometimes, as I sort of said um, at Dunhill Links last year, that like if you can get him back on a golf course that he's performed well at, when he's shown just a little bit of life, um, then, then there's a really good time to play him. Uh, Robert McIntyre, I think, is is a better price this week and a fair price this week. I still think when you compare him side by side to Ewan Ferguson based on the ball striking, based on the current form, I thought that it sort of epitomised why I liked Ferguson. But I think in terms of big time, like I, I feel more comfortable playing McIntyre in a big time event than I do Ferguson at the moment. And that, yeah. that's, a, you know, that's a potential thing to, to think about. Um Going back to Rosner, I mean, he was the second guy in for me in terms of betting uh, behind Ferguson. Like Ferguson, I, th- I actually found it more difficult to, to kind of price the guys at the top than I did uh, the long shots. I thought Rosner was the best price of anyone. Like, I, I just love the fact, and just, I just mentioned the the Crown Cercier crossover, and, and you'd already mentioned how well he played there. Like, you look at players, and, and I think a lot of this is based on how good these players are, right? But you said Nick Faldo, Seve, Montgomery, Donald, Jimenez, uh, Willett and Norrid all win at both courses. You've seen Francesco Monari and Lee Westwood and Ernie Els have opportunities to win both and haven't got over the line in one of them, right? So is that because they're all the best golfers on the DP World Tour? Probably. I think I think that's one thing you have to preface with that. But it, it's just that I think it's more the class of form and I am playing rather than anything being linked to the actual golf course itself. Like it, if you're performing the best and you're hitting the ball the best, then you will perform well at these golf courses. And, and I think Rosner's doing that. 
you mentioned he made the cut, didn't do anything last year. He, he finished 67th, but he shot a second round 65. And for me, that was like a massive indicator of what he could do in that form. Is he going to shoot 65 every day and win? Probably not because of the way his putter's going. Um, but very easily see a top five, top 10 uh, finish from him. Um, and I think he contends uh, with, with the ball striking the way it is. So I really do think that Anton Rosner is probably one of my favourite plays. Definitely... Um, in terms of betting, and I think he's got to be right there for DraftKings as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I thought um, Shinkwin was somebody who I I classified kind of like Burmeester in a way that yep. you know their their off the tee game is defined by their distance, not their accuracy. And even though Shinkwin's longer, outright, and a better DraftKings price by a good bit. Um, just the volatility, obviously, he hasn't had any liking here, uh, you know, but he, he was 28, you know, mm-hmm. and probably even cheap, lower than that, 20s, you know, when yeah, he 20s, went off when he won. one. Yeah. So, so to see that, and all of a sudden, the, literally the next time we see him, he's, he's almost triple digits and, and low sevens. He's He could just have a, a very wide range of outcomes to this week, which is probably means he's a very good DraftKings play, you know, overall. But you have to be able to stomach that. So golfers like him, like I mentioned with Kitayama and Herbert, I think I kind of fall in Rosner. Like those would probably be my picks in the sevens overall. Um, you, he you he, he out. scares me, Shinquin. Like he, he For does. Sure. Like he, he's he's never made a cut here. Never broken seventy uh, in four or five attempts. Like he's been disqualified one year. That's different. But like I think I think you're right to say that like the driver is. And maybe that's that's what we need to keep in mind is that the driver probably doesn't help you much here as, as much as you thought. Like, you know, it's better yeah. just to sort of lay up, find that fairway and, and really reward yourself with long iron play, which he can do as well. Like his iron play is fantastic. So, um, again, we've got to kind of think about the fact that Shinquin has won twice since he's played here most of the time. So yeah. different player. Laurie Cantor at 7-4, Sky. What do we do about that? I mean, he was because really... He, he's he, showing he was, life. Yeah. What he what he finished in the last live event? I don't. He finished twenty uh, first in Boston, but he shot a sixty five final round. Um, and, and he was he, he was solid ball striking at the Czech Masters. Yeah, and and twenty third there, and you don't know what's going to happen if he gets that final round, right? Um, he went off the boil long before this live stuff, maybe because he knew this live stuff was coming, right? So. Um, it's hard to quantify what he is he's going to do, but I, I do think he's a little bit cheap at seven four, and I think it's one of those ones where people are not going to play him because they don't want to because it's correct, it's, right? So I think there's an opportunity there. I also thought there's an opportunity at seven four with Tristan Lawrence as well. Yeah, I mean, I would put him right, right in that that Shinkwin, I guess category of just playing excellent golf. Disappointed by the miscut last week, but coming off a win, um, it, it makes sense overall. Um, but yeah, you're just yeah with Cantor. I mean, you get an elite skill set for that price. Um, it is hard to, to kind of deny it in that um, situation. Uh, what, what I suppose with him is he's probably the epitome of what we said at the top of the show, though, that like he played well here and finished second and could have won because he was in really, really good form, was expecting to yeah. win the first time. Maybe because he's not in that form now, it's just not a good goal for us. Because generally, again, he's another guy that relies on his driver. So, um, yeah, tough one. 7-3 for Brizio Zanotti is going to be a guy that gets you, um, you know, a top 20, top 30 pretty, I wouldn't say nailed on, but I think that's a fair uh, person to put in as, as a reliable option. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think we can file into the sixes here. Um, so John Catlin's at 6,900. You brought him up earlier. 
um, one of the more accurate, if not the most accurate golfer in the field um, from a DP World Tour perspective, um, but hasn't, to, to your earlier comments, you would have thought a golfer like him wouldn't be sitting here with two missed cuts uh, in his two performances overall. Um, so, so Catlin, I'm kind of skipping when I go into my, my next outright selection, um, you mentioned him kind of off of the top with, um, the comments that Kyrdash Effie Barnrat made, um, in regards to kind of tour life and, and how yeah. it's, it's really hard on him and, and other guys, um, uh, who, who are, you know, not Americans and, you know, falling into that, that weekly travel, kind of the lonesome factor of it is. And so last time we saw Kyrdash here at this event, what finishes second, um, you know, coming in, I mean, he, he bookended 64. So he really gave it a run on Sunday. Um, I would say you said Cantor probably should have won it. I, I would argue that, you know, you know, Kiridesh really outside that, that Saturday was really bad from him. He, he should have won that. But what he really did was he excelled in the corn Ferry tour finals. He, he fits the Dean Burmeester um, that last year's, getting into here was what Dean is doing right now. He had a really good Corn Ferry Tour finals, but I think there is some hidden form in what Affy Barnrat did over his last four events stateside. He was fifth going into the final round of the Wyndham Championship with 65-63 in those two middle rounds. If I think of course comps, I actually I said this today to Bear off and, and actually I was talking to him. If I could pick one golfer in the world, I said answer earlier would probably be my fit for, for course battle. I think Tom Kim would be exceptional to course like this. And that is because we saw him do it. Wyndham championship, I think is very similar in the mindset of you can't overpower it. You have to play from the fairways. You got to play from the greens. So Kiridesh being in contention at the Wyndham championship, I thought was strong indicator. It comes out the first event of the corn Ferry tour um, finals. And he is 13th through 54 holes, 66, 68, 66 struggled on Sunday. Then he does miss a cut in the middle, middle one. And then on this past week, he was second going into the weekend. He shot an 81 on Saturday, um, you know, and kind of the precipice of these conversations of it, but you know, so that's, that's saying three out of his last four events, even though those finishes are not reflective of it, he was somewhere, you know, near the mix for, for all three of those. So, to, to pair that with the course history of a golfer like that. I mean, what outside of just even that, that second place last year, he had a fifth place has not missed a cut here since 2014. So I think, you know, Affie Barnrat is one of those golfers that is a course horse and for seeing a little bit of life, um, you know, he just gets going with kind of that putter here. And, and I think there's a lot to like Kyrgios at a price where you can take that risk. I mean, the outrights this morning, I think we're as long as 180 to one. Um, so, and, and he's deep into the sixes here. So I think, yeah, for me, barn rat stands out a lot. Seven straight made cuts of Wentworth is no joke, right? Like that is a, that's a really strong performance. You don't see that from people very often. Right. And when you look at, he was 27. So he missed those first two cuts, the two times he played here first. Then he finishes 27th in 2015, where he was actually 17th for the 36th hole stage. He finishes 60th in 2016, but he was eighth after round one, sixth after round two, 21st even after round three, even after shooting at uh, 75, then just collapses on Sunday 81. 14th in 2014, he was second after round one, eighth after round three. Fifth to your point you already made, he was never outside the top eight. 51st, he was basically just 51st a week. So that, that was a pretty disappointing effort. And so was the 40th in 2020. But like the second, fifth, 14th, the 27th, and even that 60th in 2016 just suggests that this is the perfect golf course for him, which seems a bit weird because you look at him as like a guy that 
mashes it off the tee, can get a little bit, you know, kind of loose with it. And that's what happened with him down the stretch. He, he cannoned one on, into a house on 17. That was the end of it, right? But, like, his touch is great. His short game, his imagination. Like, I think it, I think that's what you need around here. And, and I really like Happy Farmer. I think he is probably, uh, I don't know if he's the safest. He probably is the safest in the 6K range. Like, he is, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think 6800. As much as I want to, you know, play another golfer at 6800 and Guido Migliazzi okay. here, uh, who's who's caught some some consecutive made cuts. But yeah, I mean, Afi Barnrat overall, I think, um, is definitely very much in the play uh, for DraftKings. And yeah, I just gee, seven straight made cuts here is, is no joke yeah. at at all. Um, two two guys I just want to go. You go, you go Sorry, next. yeah, just because we I don't want to move on too much further. Um, seven one Sean Crocker. I feel like this is a guy okay. that, that yeah. should have won last year, or well, not should have won, but like had a really good chance to to contend last year and just hold nothing. And Masahiro Kawamura, guys, someone that we talked about a lot when we first started this show, seven thousand uh, exactly Kawamura. Uh, you'd look at his first two performances here, twentieth uh, uh, in two thousand and twenty. And uh, he was inside the top 10 after 54 holes. And then 17th last year, where he was inside the top 10 for the first two rounds as well. So you couple that with the fact that he's actually showing uh, a little bit of life right now. 14th, 9th, and 22nd, his last three starts. Uh, fifth, not that long ago, at the Porsche European or the BMW International Open. Porsche European Open. Um, just, re- like, just really impressive, I think, for Kawamura. So I think if we're looking at Kawamura as what he was last year or, or, or the year before, uh, a really impressive performer. So I really like Kawamura at 7,000. Yeah, yeah. You guys, I think you can always kind of make an argument like that uh, for Kawa. Now, um, is there any other golfers? I'll, I'll close out kind of with my last one in the 6Ks. I kind of cut off at $6,700. The only one that stood out, I think it's weird to see Garrick Higo at 6,500. Yeah. I mean, he just hasn't shown, you know, anything to be able but like, I mean, a, a full-time PGA Tour player at 6,500. I think Laporta will probably catch a little bit of love at 6,600. As he should. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What he finished sixth here in debut. Uh, very good last. He was a week. 54 hole leader last year as well, and shot a final round 70 in a contention of the biggest event on tour when he hasn't won. Like I thought that was really impressive. So um, yes, he will be popular, but I think it's probably warranted. Uh, I thought David Law was interesting at 6,700. Uh, he's played okay here in the past, and Matthew Southgate as well, 68. Yeah. Uh, Justin Walters, 69. I think there's a there's some there's some solid options down here that. Are less exciting than some of the ones we mentioned, but should get you for a cut. Yeah, Southgate was was one that I thought was interesting because if I think of greens and fairways, he's definitely a golfer up there, shown life the last couple of weeks. Um, definitely. Um, so if we go in addition um, to the last selection overall, um, for me, I, I think I've been wondering for a, a good period of time where this golfer has been. Why is he not teeing it up? Because this was the fast form that Sammy Valamaki has been in in a very long time. I mean, he comes out, he's fourth um, at the kazoo um, where he, I think he was inside the top 10 for the last three rounds. Yeah, or no, it was the BMW International, 69, 66, 68, 67. 
and then 30th at the Irish Open, but he closed with a 66, opened with a 68. 24th in the Scottish Open, closing around 66. That was a big-time event for him. And then he comes back out where we're all pushed the chips in these fifth through 54 holes at the Kazoo Classic. 74 on Sunday was one of the more disappointing rounds of, of the year for me of golfers we've been in on. So yeah. for him to come back now, you know, the the, the kind of – last factor to me when I looked at him and really was like, man, this time off is, is difficult to see is he definitely, you know, took a liking to this course when he was really informed. What was it? A 13th place finish. Um, you know, when we had him, uh, the first time here in Wentworth and that was his debut and in, um, kind of his stretch of form, that was a really good year for him. So potentially in that same mix overall, I like that a lot for Valimaki. 250 to one, you know, he's got all the upside in the world, in my opinion, and he's 6,800, I think he's 68 or 6,700 on drafting 67. So I just love that this week. Yeah, and then you see with Valimaki in a 13th place finish, like he shot a 67 and a 66, and then I think a couple of million rounds of 70, like 72, 73 maybe. And you see that a lot from golfers, like Horschel shot two rounds of 65 and then rounds of 70. Like it, it seems to be that you're always going to get caught out by one day, like a 73 or 74. And it's just how you ride it, whether you can get a low enough round. A little bit like Afi Barmrat, like he opened, I think, with a 64 um, and then and made a real charge on the Sunday. And, and that counter, uh, you know, counteracts that 74 that he shoots on you know, Saturday, like you, you, you are going to have a bad day. Like it's, it's probably going to happen or you're going to have a middling day where you shoot 71, 72. So it's how you ride that out. Um, and I think Vanamaki's got the right temperament to do that, um, which is important. And, and like you say, that the last evidence we've got is when he was here was he was pretty impressive. Um, and he's now back in that form. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I, I was going to say, what do we do about Luke Donald? But it, it's just not worth it. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's not as bad as people would think overall, you know, um, cause what, because what he's 65. We kept trying to play him on the PJ tour earlier this season, like in DraftKings, right? Cause his ball striking yeah. is there. Um, yes. 65th miscut, miscut his last three starts at this golf course probably indicate what's going to happen this week with the added duties of Ryder Cup stuff and stuff like that. But this is a guy that's gone second, first, first on a three year stretch. I mean, he was like world number one at the time. So, um, probably not needing to factor in. But again, I think that makes a very, very good point. Luke Donald, when he was at his best, always contended here. And yeah. any, I think any golfer that's playing well can contend. So I, th- I think just keep that in mind. Like, look at, yes, you can look at cause form and yes, factor it in. If there's someone that's played here five, six times and, and never broken 70, then that should flash some warning signs. But if people have played here badly in the past, but are now really in form, I think it's something to, to keep an eye on. Absolutely. I think it's a great way to put a close on kind of our thoughts. Um, so if you can review your betting card one more time for us. Yeah. So for me, Billy Horschel, I think he's probably about 22 to one. We had some 25 to one over here, but that, that's about where we are with Billy Horschel. Tough one for me at the top. Uh, Francesco Molinari, not sure what price he is now. Uh, it was 80 to one at the time. Yeah, it is 90s still. Yep. 90s. So great. Yeah. I really like Francesco Molinari from there. Ewan Ferguson, again, similar price, 90 to one. Um and then Antoine Rosner, I love with you, 110 to 1. Yep. Amen. So Victor Hovland for me, 20 to 1. Abraham Answer, 37 to 1. Dean Burmeister, 66 to 1. Antoine Rosner, 110. Kiridash Appy Barnrett, 180. And Sammy Valamaki, 250 to 1. Um, best of luck, everybody. Again, big week, some huge DraftKings prizes out there. And, and 
as good as a viewing experience. And I mean, if, if you enjoy waking up to golf in the morning, you have big time players on. It is just as good of a week as you get of pure golf. I'm very excited to see. There's definitely a lot of emotions running high over the next few days. So I think it's going to be enjoyable on all fronts. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a great tournament. And uh, Sky, I've loved chatting it with you today. Yes, absolutely. Good luck to everybody. And thanks again. We'll see you next week for the Italian Open, Guido's Italian Open next week. All right. We'll talk to you then. Thanks, guys.